Sproul. You are tuned into episode 114. Today, there's a ton of NFL news that we're going to cover with you. A bunch of things have happened. Some uh, some good, some unfortunate, some injuries, some trades. And uh, we're going to walk through all of it with you, good or bad. That's how we roll on the Weekly Spiral. We give you everything you need to know about football and the NFL. And then after that, we're going to dive into our winners and losers from last week and run through some of the uh, teams that we thought played well and some that... Uh, Maybe he didn't play so well. So we're looking forward to that. We hope you are too. As per usual, I have my co-host with me, Casey Sully and Matthew Durgan. How are you guys doing? Uh, well, I am <laughs> immunized. Oh, or, or am okay. I vaccinated? I'm actually vaccinated. I'll, I'll declare. But uh, there's a certain fellow that we're going to touch on soon that is only immunized and not vaccinated. <laughs> yes, a certain fellow indeed. I mean... What about you, Durgan? I, I'm doing well. Um... Yeah, my team stayed relatively drama-free for the first time in a long time. So, for once, Casey, who has a way better record, Packers at least, than I do, somehow I'm feeling more confident in my team. So, that's how you know things are getting crazy in the NFL. I mean, the Niners look kind of shaky against the Bears, so I don't know yeah, how but, confident you should really be. But, our, but... Our, our MVP is vaccinated and also playing football this week. Ah, uh, so. fair. Okay, that's fair. Touche. All right. Well, before we bash Casey for his choice of team, let's dive into the first section here. Let's talk about some of the key injuries that happened recently, uh, namely Derrick Henry and then Jameis Winston. Those are the two that I think we should touch on. Derrick Henry is a big loss. I mean, we know that's pretty much the Titans offense right there. So, um, well, not not entirely, but, you know, that's a huge part. And you can't really replicate what he brings. How do we think this impacts the Titans going forward? It's tough when the one of the most marketable, well-liked players in the league get hurt. And also, it's bad when Derrick Henry gets hurt. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Derrick Henry getting hurt <laughs> is, is very bad, obviously, for the Titans. Um, not just the fact that, you know, obviously, he's a stud. He was, I wrote this in the article that came out last week, which broke down midseason awards. He's on one of the best stretches of a running back, a three-year stretch in NFL history. He's just putting up godlike numbers. And, of course, he gets hurt, which is unfortunate. He's probably out for the regular season. Might come back in the postseason. Um, Kevin Durant had his injury a few years ago. Uh, Debo Samuel had his injury last year. And they each missed about eight weeks. And that's, like, not rushing it. Um, so you never know what they're, they're going to do. Uh, Lucky for the Titans, they've already pulled out some big wins against the Chiefs and against the Bills. Um, so as long as they can tread water and go 500 from this point out, they should win their division. Um, definitely make the playoffs at the, the very least. Uh, but they're going to need Adrian Peterson to turn back the clock, which is going to be, yeah, I don't know if he can do that. But now we're going to see, is it you know all Derrick Henry, or is his offensive line and blocking scheme elite? Find that out. Uh, in terms of Jameis Winston, yeah, he's been playing a lot better this year. The Saints are going to be fine. The, the, they'll find a way to continue to win games. Um, they weren't a Super Bowl contender in my eyes, but they did just beat the Bucks, And we'll touch on that a little bit later. But two huge injuries, I mean, especially the Derrick Henry one, arguably maybe the most valuable player to his team. We'll find out this week when they play the Rams, which will be a very telling week for them. But tough injuries all around. You hate to see it. Yeah, I mean, I think the main concern with the Titans is 
well, number one, their division is they should be fine. They've got a three-game lead yep. on the Colts and have the tiebreaker since they swept them, so it's really four games on the Colts. Um, so they, they should feel pretty comfortable there. Uh, I don't think Derrick Henry immediately indicates that you're going to lose four more games and, and get caught by the Colts, but uh, you got to find your identity if you're the Titans now, and it's not you don't just have a guy that you can lean on when you're in a rut offensively, whatever it may be. Uh, usually they would just go, hey, let's hammer the run and, and get back to what we do best and, and play action off of it. So can you get a guy with Adrian Peterson or Jeremy McNichols, who I didn't get on, on waivers, even though I was the second worst team, the first worst <laughs> team snatched them up for me. And, you know, hopefully you, you, you wish those guys are actually not paying attention. They phoned it in. But this guy didn't. So didn't get him in, in waivers. But <laughs> I digress. Um, but they, they got the weapons outside and Julio and, and A.J. Brown, if those guys can play um and Tannehill hasn't been playing quite up to par as as his last couple of years but um I think he's certainly capable of taking on some burden and and getting stuff going in, in the passing game um because they they've they've had some good performances and they put up points and and you just need to keep teams honest and and get going in the run game however you can so it might mean a little bit more scheme and, and all that kind of stuff but uh, I'm not too down on the on the Titans and think about a fresh Derrick Henry going into the playoffs might be you know, nice, nice thing. A dude with fresh legs and that runs like that uh, could be a problem for teams. So uh, you get them back during the stretch. That could be a nice little little bump for them as, as long as they qualify and, and get to get to the dance to, to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as far as Jameis, finally, it's Taysom time. Been a Taysom fan for forever. <laughs> That's right. <clears throat> it's Trevor Simeon time. Well, maybe well, Taysom Taysom has a concussion yeah. right now, so it may be Trevor Trevor Simeon time for yep. a week, but but we'll see. Maybe they'll flip flop back and forth, and it'll be a, a disaster. Um, but <laughs> the defense is legit for for New Orleans, so mm-hmm. the the burden is going to be on them even more. Looks like Michael Thomas is out for the year now too, with his whatever setback with his ankle, so he's not coming back. No reinforcements are coming for the Saints, so. Uh, I, I really think I advocated this in the summer. Create a Raven style offense with Taysom Hill at quarterback. Uh, play really good defense, chew clock, and win games that way. I think that's their best path forward, especially without the weapons outside. And uh, you know, Trevor Simeon did enough this last week. I don't think you can rely on him week to week to to get the job done. Yeah, he's he's not the guy, but shout out Trevor Simeon, man. I mean, he came out there and he did what he had to do. He didn't make mistakes. He didn't make terrible mistakes in game the game uh, losing mistakes. So, shout out Trevor Simeon. I was surprised to see them win that game, honestly, but um, it happened. And then as far as Derrick Henry goes, like I said, you can't replace the guy, but maybe it's time we finally see uh, AJ Brown and and Julio Jones be the dominant forces that we uh, were expecting them to be. So, I mean, they've been good, but you know, I think. Uh, I think this is their time to step up. So it'll be interesting to follow that. Let's talk about trades next. We have one prominent one. The Rams, of course, going to do Rams things and bring in anyone they can possibly bring in that has a big name. So Von Miller being traded from the Broncos to the Rams. What do we think here? The real MVP of the Rams is their cap guy. I have no idea how they're able to <laughs> you know, fit in Von Miller's contract, but props to them. It's, it's a, an A-plus move. Um, of course, Von Miller, the name, is a little more bright than maybe Von Miller, the player, at this point in his career. Um, he's in his 30s after a few injuries. But the fact that he's going to be the second best player on that defensive line after Aaron Donald, he's going to get a lot of single, t- single teams. He's going to destroy tackles. And, you know, they played the Niners twice. And Niners right tackle is not a great pass blocker. Line him up there, 
it's going to be tough to stop. Um, the rich get richer. Uh, and I, they mentioned their GM, uh, Lesney, mentioned it how they do value draft picks. Everyone's like, oh, they don't care about draft picks. They just value their draft picks to acquire proven commodity players. And so far, it's working for them. And they also mentioned how they're going to get five comp- compensatory picks based on free agency and also uh, for hiring their GM last year because of the Rooney rule. So they're going to be fine in terms of bringing in young talent as long as they keep bringing in these star players. I think right now they're the best team in the NFL. We'll see what happens come playoff time. But it's a great trade for them. Uh, Broncos, we're going to touch on them a little bit later. I think they could have got more value. I think you could have gotten a first for Von, for Von Miller. Uh, some team would offer that. But props to the Rams for being aggressive once again to trade deadline. And now their defense has three star players instead of two star players. And our offense is clicking on all cylinders. So they're a scary team uh, who got lost scarier. Yeah, I let them do some some fun stuff on the defensive line, and if you can get one on ones with Aaron Donald and Von Miller, you're you're going to be in trouble. So, um, props to them. They they keep going. It seems like every year is a win win now year, and they just have been doing that for like five years now. So, <laughs> if if you got the the magic to make it happen, keep doing it. And uh, you know, it's definitely enjoyable to to watch a different uh, philosophy on team building for for the Rams, and they're making it work. So. Uh, props to them and and i expect they're gonna keep keep on chugging and keep doing it in the next offseason as well yeah yeah it's definitely interesting because no other team is really operating like that and uh it's almost like less knees out there just playing madden 22 and just kind of like yep. whatever here here's a pick oh that's a that's a big name player let's what do i have to trade to make this <laughs> to make this go through and hey man you know they're looking good this season i think with the cardinals recently faltering Dare I say the Rams might be the best team in the NFL? I agree. I absolutely so, agree. Whatever he's doing might be working. Um, let's talk about something else that did not work and should have not worked and what isn't working and won't work with our uh, our beloved uh, Aaron Rodgers and his situation. Casey, I, I kind of want to pass it to you to mm-hmm. give the listeners like an overview of everything just because this is so close to, to your uh, to your heart here. Uh, yeah, well, now I, I work for Acme Packing Company and SB Nation as well, writing writing articles. So uh, I'm in the the behind the scenes stuff and the the Slack and and all that kind of stuff. So uh, that's been a, a fun ride to get all the the insider info a little bit before it, it leaks and all that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers has COVID, and he's he implied he implied that he was vaccinated by saying he was immunized, uh, but he is in fact not vaccinated. Um, so that brings up a lot of issues as far as protocols. Was he wearing a mask at the right time on the sideline at press conferences, flying on a separate plane, staying in a separate hotel room, so on and so forth? Um, because he's led everybody to believe that he is vaccinated. Apparently, the NFL and the Packers both knew that he was unvaccinated and said that they have been following protocols. But there's, you know, there's pictures of him walking onto the team plane without a mask and shit. And that's not allowed by COVID protocol rules. Um, so uh, that stuff is still going to be all ironed out. And um, I think the the biggest thing is the fact that he said or tried to imply that he was vaccinated when he in fact was not. And uh, I think that's the biggest and most disappointing thing. Like you have your right to choose. We all may disagree. That's fine. Um, but don't try to lie to people and hide your position uh, for fear of the backlash, like 
fuck Cole Beasley, but at least Cole Beasley came out and said, yo, I ain't about that vaccine life. This is why, blah, 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 blah. Aaron Rodgers trying to play coy and like pick and choose his words and be a wordsmith and try to make people think he's vaccinated because he knows what the reaction is going to be. Yep. He's just too cowardly to come out and own his position and how he feels. Uh, so that's made, makes me lose a little bit of respect, especially how he throw in how he handled the off season as well. Um, you know, a lot of selfish behavior is he transcendent guy and, and seems like he's a, a team player when he's there in the building and trying to win and, and create uh, culture and stuff there. Yes, for sure. Um, but some of these choices off the field are, are starting to read egotistical and selfish and me centric. And I ain't about that. I'm sure there aren't a lot of people in the NFL world that are about that unless you're a Hall of Fame quarterback and lucky for him. He yep. is. Uh, so you can overlook some of that stuff. But pretty disappointing developments for him. He's now out for at least 10 days uh, because he's unvaccinated. Um, the practice squad quarterback for the Packers also uh, got COVID, so he's out. So the only guy right now that's on the roster and is officially signed is Jordan Love that doesn't have COVID and is ready for the game. Apparently signing Blake Bortles, who was with the Packers during the summer, um, as the backup. But um if you care about winning and helping your team the most that you can, you're going to get vaccinated, especially if you're a star quarterback. So now this is two potential games uh, that he's missing out on. And in the NFC that's loaded, that's maybe the difference between the one seed and getting a bye and being, you know, uh, the fourth seed. It doesn't look like anyone's going to threaten them in the division, but, you know, that's the difference between getting a bye and not. And uh, disappointing development for, for Aaron, for sure. Yeah, and it's right when you get into the thick of the season, too. Like, this is the hardest stretch for the Packers as a team. And for him to potentially miss the next two games and then kind of lose that momentum that they've been having, that's that's tough, man. I, I think this is uh, this is bad, like, uh, for seeding, for sure. I, I'm We're all disappointed, of course, in Aaron Rodgers for his, his word choice and all that situation. But just from an overall football perspective, not having the guy that you saw basically single-handedly lead your team to victory against the Cardinals, who a lot of people expected Packers not to stand a chance just because Devontae Adams wasn't playing. Not having that guy, I mean, that's going to be tricky when you're coming up, you know, Chiefs, as much as they're faltering, still a great team. Uh, Seattle, if Russell Wilson's back, that's not an easy win. Minnesota, interdivisional, Rams coming up. Like, there's a lot of games coming up that are really important, I think, and uh, this this is not the time for Aaron Rodgers to be playing these kind of games. Yeah, this morning when you texted our group chat saying, oh, Aaron Rodgers has COVID. He's not vaccinated. Like, what the hell? Screw him. I'm like, dude, <laughs> he said he's immunized. Like, he's he's fine. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, and this what does guy, that even mean? Like, if he's well, not vaccinated, he, what does that mean? Immunized. So, Did he have it before? Correct uh, me well, wrong, we don't Casey. know for oh, yeah. sure, but he apparently has tried to get homeopathic yes. remedies yes. and even uh, petitioned the NFL to make uh, that count as being vaccinated. They denied his petition, so and, on and so forth. That explains his new hair. Like, yes. I well, understand he, now. he has embraced the, the, the granola crunch, uh, hippy dippy homeopathy stuff. I'm, I'm not saying it's his fiance's fault, but it's someone, fault. Sh- someone of my buddies shared an article with me on some of her rituals and her beliefs, and she's into very natural remedy stuff. Let's just leave it at that. And it's it's out there. I'm not, I'm, listen, I don't care what you do with your life. Just don't lie about it. If you didn't get the vaccine, say you didn't get it. That we all know. But 
some of the stuff that she does in her personal life to you know keep herself quote unquote don't fit yeah it's out there it's interesting stuff but um But she's not the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, right? So, you know, she can do whatever she wants. But Aaron Rodgers has a lot of other people that depend on him, uh, not to mention all the fans and the organization as a whole. So, but that being said, anyways, you get to see Jordan Love. So, I mean, it's not necessarily a good thing. Well, you you have to see what you have in the future. If he goes out there and plays pretty well, I'm not saying you bench Aaron Rodgers of the year, but okay, now you're a little more confident going into the next season. He goes out there against the Chiefs, a terrible defense, and can't move the ball at all, you get a little more nervous. I will say this. If Matt LaFleur wins this game with Jordan Love, he's coach of the year. We're the playing Chiefs. But actually, no, Chiefs. You're 7-1. and one. You beat the undefeated Cardinals with nobody on your team. Jair is hurt. Started well, without your left tackle. Rogers. No no Zadarius Smith. No Aaron fucking Rogers. receiver. No Alan, Rod, no Alan yeah. Lazard. And then you you lose Aaron Rodgers, and then you go and beat the Chiefs with a backup quarterback that you invested as your first round pick. You go to nine and one or is eight it in and Kansas one. City? Is it in Kansas City? It's in Kansas City. Okay, all right. That, that, Matt that, Lafleur that is the change. coach of the year. He, just saying, I'm not saying it's going to happen. He's yeah, just yeah. going to vault himself into being one he'll, of the top choices. He will earn my. He'll earn his stripes in my eyes. I think he already is one of the top choices right now. I don't think it's a guarantee, even with that happening. Um, I think Sean McVay might be a little bit ahead, but anyways, ah, fuck not out of the question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, Durgan. <laughs> He's oh, on a boy. stacked team with a stacked roster winning games, which is great, but usually not where Coach of the Year comes comes from. Sort of like the, the surprise team or people that That's you know, true. came overcame adversity type of deal. All right, then it's the uh, Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> yeah, Zach Taylor. <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. Actually, Gosh. Zach Taylor wouldn't be the worst. I well, mean, if the Bengals keep performing. They lost to the Jets, though. One game. That, that's still should, five and That three. should automatically take you out of any contention for any award. Losing to the All Jets. Right. Yes, just write him off. Your boy Robert Sala. Gosh no. I like him though. Gosh no, nice guy. No, you're my guy, but they're, they're a little I, feisty. Hey, we can, we well, can switch topics a little bit. To, uh, fucking Mr. White over there outperforming Zach Wilson in his first start. Uh, even if Zach yeah, Wilson comes back, outperform him. I'm He's saying like best dude, that's his job to, to lose now. That's what I'm saying. Like even if Zach, yeah. no rush with Zach Wilson, dog. Like you chill, man. We'll see like, what we got here. The only problem is that Mike White's a young guy. I mean, he's he's in his twenties. So like, if yeah. he starts playing well, then you kind of screw yourself. Then well, is he going to start next year? I mean, oh, he already not, sh- then... showed more than Zach Wilson. Yeah, like yeah, by by what you got. But, yeah. but you want to lose yeah, though. More... You, you want to lose as a Jets fan and not coach. But like that mindset, you don't want to win this year. You want to lose to get a good draft pick. Yeah, but also there's no, like, uh, I think at, at this point, right, right, if they got their QB, let's say Mike White's the guy. We don't know. It's been one game. But there's not a huge incentive to lose. Like, you can make moves and still get some contributors in other positions, right? They're not trying to get the first overall pick. So I think, I think they're fine. I mean, the dude threw 400 yards, and he had three touchdowns and two interceptions. That's like three games of Zach Wilson. So, I mean... In my opinion, no matter what Zach Wilson's status is, this guy is like, I, I put him out there until he shows me otherwise. You that's, give up, I mean, game, yeah. Wilson's out two more weeks at least. So you're going to see more sample size on Mike White. 
Yeah, and you need it, right? I mean, yeah, but, he, he goes out there and, you know, back-to-back weeks leads the league in passing yards again. <laughs> there, there, there's some good trouble brewing in uh, New York. Yeah, that'd be hilarious if they find their franchise quarterback in, like, the fifth round and then their second it would busts. It would be the total Jets moment. Very Jets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, oops, we got a star quarterback. Oh, Josh Rosen deal. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, oh, and and just looking at this guy's stat line too, I think what stands out to me: thirty-seven for forty-five passing. That's really good. That's good. That's incredible. And the Bengals like, a, good a lot team. of yeah. attempts. Like, it's good. A good yeah, team. it's a good. Defense. The Bengals are playing well. So shout out, shout out, Mike White. Yeah, he's a he's a winner. Before we even get to the winners of the week, he's he's a winner for, in my <laughs> he's eyes. The winner, for sure. number one overall. He's the winner. Good for him. Um, let's let's uh, let's keep talking news here, though. Let's let's uh, we're, we're towards the end. There's a few things we should talk about. One is the deteriorating relationship between OBJ and the Browns. Um, I, I mean, he's frustrated. I'm sure the Browns are frustrated. They're not getting the production they think of when you when you hear the name OBJ. But what do we think about this situation? Will he get traded? Will he get cut? I've seen some rumors swirling around. Um, any thoughts here on OBJ and his status? Well, the most recent rumor is that the Browns are content with him being on their roster and just not playing the rest of the year, which is incredibly... Oh, that's just posturing for picks. There's no way. Well, you can't can't trade them anymore. It's over. Yeah, in the offseason, though. But but still, that's just the stupidest thing you can do, because I think they're worried that if they cut him, he's going to go to the Ravens. Not saying he will, but that's a possibility. So, I don't know what they're going to do. OBJ's a hell of a player when he's healthy, but has to stay healthy. And he's just healthy now, but him and Baker are just not on the same page. You can't figure it out. But you have to put him on the field at least because he's a threat. Does him being out there you know, makes the defense think a little bit more. I don't know what they're going to do. they got to figure something out soon. Uh, you have OBJ's dad posting stuff on Instagram, <laughs> posting Baker Mayfield. Uh, it, it's, it's not pretty right now with the Browns. Then they get Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt back ASAP because who cares about the passing game when you have those two guys run the rock. Yeah, I mean, reports are that uh, Stefanski has told the team that OBJ is no longer part of Don't consider him being part of the team. Like, they told him to stay home. Oh, don't, wow. don't come yep. to practice kind of deal. Uh, don't even bother. Like, he's healthy, and they said, no, just stay home, dude. You're, you're done. Um, so if that, that ends up being true, then uh, there's, not, there's not a whole lot of avenues to go down. He's either going to get cut or he's going to stay on the roster. They're going to have to pay him and, and – do something in the offseason with him but uh it seems that that relationship has deteriorated that seems drastic uh, something must be going on in-house where you know he's being a problem or, or something or a distraction uh, undermining in some way to to make him say like don't even show up like we're, we'll pay you out and that's fine but you're not going to be part of the to the team in the locker room so um i, I don't know what we'll, we'll see what what happens yeah i mean hey listen he may not be the OBJ we once, you know, saw make that one-handed catch and have 1,300 yards per season and all that, but I think he's still got some juice left in the tank. I would take him. I, if, they, if he was cut, I would love to have him on the Eagles. Absolutely. And I think Absolutely. if he was cut, the Niners should also make a huge play for him as well. So it's just not mm-hmm. the San Francisco Debo Niners, and there's actually some other players out there that can do something. <laughs> um, so, I, I think listen. 31 teams would make a call about him. Every team would want Odell Beckham Jr. on their team. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. I kind of hope it happens just because it would be exciting. It would add some drama to the yep. to the mm-hmm. latter half of the season, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. The last piece of news is the most unfortunate piece of news out of all of these. 
Um, I feel like, you know, I was questioning whether or not we should we should talk about it, but we should touch on the Henry Rugg situation and uh, kind of talk about what happened there. Um, do you guys want to, anyone want to take this one? Yeah, I, I don't mind doing it. Um, it's incredibly sad. I'm sure everyone listening has heard the story, driving 156 miles an hour uh, in Las Vegas at 3.45 in the morning, um, struck and killed a, uh, a woman driving and her dog. Um, he had some injuries. His girlfriend, who was in the car with him, had some injuries. And there's only way to describe it as incredibly unfortunate. Um, fortunate for him, obviously, making a terrible decision. Fortunate, obviously, for the person who lost their life and their family. Um, and then also the thing about Henry Ruggs' family. He has a two-year-old daughter. And now it's likely she will be growing up uh, without her father in her life uh, all that much. Um, so it's it, there's no other like, analysts behind this or you know, things to talk about besides the fact that it is incredibly sad. And you, 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 know, you think these guys have it all, but... Few bad mistakes here and there. You know, I don't know who Henry Ruggs is as a person. I can't judge his character, but he made a terrible decision, and now he has to live with that uh, for the rest of his life. Yeah, that, that was well said. I don't really have much to much to add. Um, don't drink and drive, and don't put yourself in a situation where you may. And when in doubt, mm-hmm. you know, just just take an Uber if you have the Call opportunity an to, and and uh, you know, try to try to drive safe, and you know, understand that cars are basically weapons like they're 2000 pounds and mm-hmm. it, you hit somebody with it whether you're you're drunk or not you know that it, it has serious consequences so like you said unfortunate for for everyone involved and um i'm sure a, a shock to his family to sort of have it all and and you know in a second it's all it's all ripped away yeah for, for both 100%. both both families you know yeah totally and then you know i mean from a football perspective he was sort of coming to into his own this season too and it's just it's just gone now like his career's pretty much i think it's probably over at this point uh obviously we'll see what happens but um you know cut by the raiders and yeah definitely an unfortunate situation and and uh, sad to see um but let's talk about our winners and losers for the week we'll move on here and go into the next segment um let's discuss our winners for the week durgan we'll start with you yes. who do you have as a winner I touched on this team a little bit, but it's got to be the Saints. A huge win against the Bucks. I don't think they'll win the division, uh, but they're in a driver's seat for a playoff berth. Uh, with you know seven teams now, obviously it's a lot easier. But before the season started, no one really had high expectations for the Saints. Uh, the kind of saw as last year was the, the year that they went for it. Uh, Drew Brees' last year, and it didn't work out for them. And uh, Jameis is out for the season, but will they be that much worse without him? Probably not. Taysom Hill, I would think, once you know he's healthy and back in it, will start. And you mentioned it, Casey, go full Ravens. Run the ball with Taysom Hill. Run the ball with Kamara. And I believe they just acquired uh, Mark Ingram as well. Mm-hmm. So you guys, you guys are guys in the backfield who can carry the rock and have experience in carrying the rock. Lean on them. Lean on them. Their receivers, they have some speedy guys. You run the ball, play action, go deep. And it's trying to shorten the game as much as possible because their defense is carrying them right now. And, of course, your defense will have games where they don't look all that well. But if you can win, all they need to do really is win four or five games, and they're probably in. Because right now, the seventh spot in the NFC is a 500 team. So I think the Saints are doing really well. Um, Sean Payton, talk about coach of the year. If they win 10-11 games with Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston, Trevor Simeon as their quarterback, he's got to be up there in contention for that Mm -hmm. award. 
Um, For sure. They win, if they win 11 games, you just got to hand it to them at that point. But who's for the Saints? Uh, Sean Payton, uh, I feel like not people have cooled on him, but after a few disappointing playoff runs, people kind of forgot about him as an elite head coach. And there are not many coaches out there better than Sean Payton. Yeah, they they find a way, found a way to get it done, and and props to them. Always happy when the Bucks lose. Um, so that's an added bonus there. Uh, unfortunate for Jameis, he was sort of, I mean, he was up and down a little bit, but this was like a, you know, the His redemption story. He yeah. he was riding the bench, and now he's learning, and he's in this offensive system. He has an opportunity again, and uh, it's uh, again all taken away in in one play, and you never know. And that's the. Uh, I guess the exciting thing about football or, or the, the high stakes of football is, you know, you never know when it can end. And when football ends, it, it ends suddenly. Um, so wh- whether that's losing the playoffs or getting hurt or, or whatever it may be. So, uh, you know, it'll be, it, it'll be interesting to see how the Saints adapt and, and how the offense changes and, and goes forward. Because, you know, the last time we saw Taysom was... Um, you know really when when breeze was hurt and that's sort of as a stopgap until he's back and you don't want to change the offense too much for you know three weeks uh until he's back but now you're you know, this is for the long haul you know you got at least eight or so games with with Taysom at quarterback or trevor simeon or whoever you choose so i would imagine the offense is going to look different going forward yes yeah, it for sure will look different. I did not expect the Saints to win this game. When I look at the stats, I'm surprised they did. But uh, defense came through. They played well, for sure. Um, so, good win for the Saints. Good, Like you said, Casey, I'm with you on that. Anytime the Bucks lose, it's an exciting day at the Weekly Spiral. So, we will, uh, we will celebrate that. But let's go to your winner, Casey. Yeah, don't look now. But the team that Tom Brady was with, the Patriots, mm. Quietly sitting at four and four, one game behind the Bills, have both division games with the Bills still on their schedule. Uh, there are a ton of teams in the AFC at four wins right now, and and the Patriots are right in the mix of things. Uh, Mac Jones is is looking better and better every week. He, he's starting to anticipate throws and and put them in good positions to win. Um, so if he can just be steady Eddie and and the the defense continues to play solidly, not fantastic, but but solid and and grind that run game with whatever fucking three running back attack they want that week, whoever they choose, whoever Belichick you know likes that week or shows up to the meeting on time, um, dope. <laughs> Uh, but they've taken some really good teams to the brink here with the, the Cowboys and the Bucks, and then they just beat the Chargers. So uh, they have the Panthers, the Falcons, Colts, Jaguars, and Dolphins all left on the schedule, as well as those two games against the Bills that I just mentioned. So a lot of opportunities there to, to knock off some weaker opponents and, and room to sneak into the playoffs or even win the division outright. If they can split with the Bills, and the Bills have looked shaky at times. You know, they didn't look great against Miami. Uh, they lost the opening game against the Steelers. So um, maybe there's a little cracks there, and the Bills aren't just going to run away, run away with it. I think they probably will, but there's room. There's room for the Patriots to sneak around. They're playing like a vintage Patriots team where they're not being themselves. They're not turning the ball over, and they're balanced on offense. And that's what they lacked last year with Cam Newton. It was, you stop the run, and then Cam Newton wants to beat you on third and ten, so be it. Mac Jones is by far the best rookie quarterback because he's the most mature one. He's the one that's doing the right reads, finding his checkdowns, not trying to do too much. Like you said, they have an easy schedule coming up. Their defense is legit. Um, They probably will sneak into the playoffs if they take care of business, of course. But they look like a team that you don't want to play come down the stretch because you know that they'll be ready and they'll have the depth unlike they had last year. 
Yeah, I don't have a ton to add. You guys covered it pretty well. I will say I agree with you, Durgan. Mac Jones is looking like the best rookie quarterback right now. But uh, that is something we somewhat suspected mm-hmm. just because we always said he kind of had a high floor, low ceiling situation going on. But yeah, he's impressed me. I mean, he's been playing well and he's, you know, he looks mature and poised, which is not what we can say for a lot of these other guys, especially, uh, you know, look at, we just talked about Zach Wilson and like Trevor Lawrence. They don't, they don't look poised to me. So anyways, yeah, good for, good for the Patriots. I mean, this is sort of where we predicted them, I think, in the beginning of the season was tr- trending at 500. So good for them, I guess. I guess so. Who's your winner? <laughs> Who's my winner? You're going to like my winner, and I almost feel like I should redact them as a winner and take it back, but the Packers are my winner. You beat the Cardinals. Mm. You didn't have Devontae Adams. You had Aaron Rodgers pre-COVID and uh, pre-COVID diagnosis, and you figured out how to beat (laughs) what was one of the best teams, what is one of the best teams in the league when a lot of people thought that you could not. Um, So... That was that was a good sort of an epitome of a team effort, and, and Aaron Rodgers pulled off some some crazy things. So I just got to pick the Packers. I didn't expect them to win that game, and I know you weren't watching live at the time, Casey, and you recorded, no. and it was like taking every bone in my body to not text <laughs> you and be like, dude, like, oh, shit. Come on. Um, but, yeah, so that's my winner for the week. Um, yeah. Casey, I'll go first. Yeah. Great, great game plan, great game overall, uh, even though they tried to lose it at the end. Uh, ball don't lie you know what i'm saying like that that yeah. aaron jones touchdown shouldn't have been overturned there was no evidence to overturn that so uh eventually got it back but they just made it a little spicy first and uh thank you aj green for disconnecting your controller and going yeah, going afk so there strange but i'll take it <laughs> rasul douglas still made a great catch he had to like stick his hand out there and then bobble and catch it so uh good story for him awesome play and and um excited about the defense for the Packers the defense of the Packers is is starting to play a little bit better so um that's that's something to be excited about Rasul Douglas former Eagle you're welcome we trained him for that moment (laughs) but um what was going on like from an actual football perspective was AJ Green run blocking or like what what did you see there like what the hell was he doing uh from what I have heard is that they had a play call to the other side and he's really like the backside read that they're not really He's not uh, going to okay. be really involved in the play. Um, so he sort of jogged his route and didn't expect the ball to go to him. And then Kyler Murray turned around and, and threw. Uh, and Kyler tried to give him a like a little hand signal, but they were going up tempo and he didn't catch it or whatever. Or like didn't get the back shoulder yeah. call. So he didn't look and was not ready for the ball and saw what happened. So that's that's what I've read, which is okay. common. Okay. In the NFL especially, if you're the backside of the play, some guys just kind of dog it because they don't want to burn themselves out but you would think as a veteran receiver and aj green that prepare for anything i mean you don't have to you know, run the route but at least turn your head around you but, would think uh, I, hey, yeah pr- on a game-winning drive yeah, yeah i mean i, I was what, happy what to see doing? it i was happy to see it um but aaron Rodgers, i believe now is nine and one about Devontae adams just a baller i mean he doesn't need anybody he he could have one of us out there running routes and i'm pretty sure he find a way to get us some catches. He's that good. On the field. You might have to throw some softballs. I don't need any of those finger breakers. Yeah. But, you <laughs> yeah. Know. yeah. Make Just sure. Bring some Purell. If find you a catch way. the ball, you yeah. wipe it em. down, you know. <laughs> yeah. Bust a coverage for me. Leave me wide open, and I can, but, I can do it. Yeah. Just make sure you don't cough on the ball before. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
<laughs> quick, quick point, Packers defense was great outside of that 98-yard drive over it was till the very end. Um, if they play like that, or at least like half of that, they are in good shape uh, as they go down the stretch. And I will say it's almost like Cliff Kingsbury's offense isn't sustainable or very good when you don't have four fucking elite receivers out there. I mean, just saying. Preach. Preach. He sucks. All right. Well, enough (laughs) Cardinals hate. That wasn't the point of this. Let's go to our losers. Durgan, we'll start with you. Uh, Give us your loser for the week. This team has, like, gone under the radar, I feel like, because no one talks about them. And it's a Washington football team. And they're really bad. We had high expectations after last season. Uh, Their defense... Well, we had. Oh, you, I did. So, they were my division here, yeah, winner. Someone here had a winning division. If I was saying, I, at I least think I, I didn't pick the Giants. It's because you're both well, insane. You picked the Giants and the Redskins. They're ahead of the, the Washington Football Team. Excuse me. I you think can't tell me that you thought the, the Cowboys would be this good. Yeah, Sorry, Durian. I, I, I want to interrupt. You're good. Sorry. You're good. You're no, good. I picked. The, I'm also delusional. <laughs> I picked the Eagles to win the division. <laughs> so we're all wrong. We all suck. <laughs> yeah, we're all very wrong. At least mine was a little better, though. Not really. By one game so far. Anyway, besides the point. Uh, their defense, which was elite last year, is arguably one of the worst defenses this year. Uh, and it makes no sense because they didn't really lose a whole lot of players. Uh, their offense is a joke. You got a Prius driving the ship right now with uh, Heineke. But you got some Ferraris out wide with McLaurin and Gibson, who's banged up. And it's just not meshing well. Uh, Heineke has looked good in spurts, but he's an XFL quarterback for a reason. He, he's a good backup. But you can't rely on them to start. But that's what happens when you put your eggs in one basket with a 38-year-old journeyman and Fitzpatrick as your quarterback. Doesn't really much make much sense. Uh, they lost to the Broncos, who I think we're going to talk about more as well, uh, who had just lost to a beat-up team in the Browns, and it looked like they're quitting. Still lost to them. Um, I don't think Ron Rivera is a bad coach. I think he should definitely stay. But they got to figure out something on offense, specifically, I think, at quarterback position. And get some more stability there. I thought they'd be more involved in the Deshaun Watson, who didn't get traded, uh, sweepstakes, and they still might get involved in that later because obviously they do not care about off the field issues. Look at their owner. Um, so they got to figure something out here. Either the Cowboys are going to get better. The Eagles, as much as we like the crap on them, or at least I like the crap on them, they'll have three top 10, top 15 draft picks this year. They'll get better soon. And the Giants have talent besides quarterback and besides coaching, but they're not that far off. So they got to figure something out fast. Yeah, uh, Washington's not very good. And uh, I don't know who they are, even with Fitzpatrick at quarterback. What's the identity of that team? It was supposed to be the defense, but the defense ain't showing up this year. So who are they? I have no idea. Do they run the ball well? Not really. Do they pass the ball? Not really. Uh, They're the the scary Terry's. You know, they throw the ball to 17 and hope he makes a play. That's kind of what they are at this point. And uh, not a very fun team to watch and and someone that that I had high hopes for, for sure. Yeah, and someone that I, a team that I did not have high hopes for, (laughs) and it's playing out almost exactly how I expected. So, yep, that's all I got to say. We'll go on to your loser, Casey. (laughs) Okay. Well, talking about another bad team who's, I don't know if they're, they're hitting the status quo, I guess, maybe, what, what you would expect. Uh, it's the Denver Broncos. And um, despite not being a very good team, and I don't think they're really a playoff team, but right now they're 4-4. Four and four, And you're right in the thick of things. You're a game out of first place in your division. And what do you do? You trade away Von Miller, one of the leaders of your defense, a lifelong Bronco, uh, and really holding up the white flag and saying, 
hey, I know we're right in the middle of the, of the season. We have an opportunity to go to the playoffs. Uh, maybe Drew Locke finds himself and Teddy Bridgewater, I don't know, takes one of his gloves off and now he's good. Uh, (laughs) You know, there's room there to like make the playoffs and do some shit. And if you're Vic Fangio and this is like your make or break year to to trade away Von Miller, who, you know, hasn't been performing at a super high level, but uh, to trade away a, a leader like that in the middle of the season when you're in the thick of things, I don't like. Um, and I think it creates a losing culture. Uh, if you're going to do that, just fucking fire sale. Like, get rid of Fangio. You've said you're done with this season, even though you're only 4-4. Four and four. Uh, Just burn it down if you're going to burn it down. And uh, uh, just seems like they're they're done, even though they're they're sitting right in the middle of the stuff. Well, preview to next week's article. I'm going to talk about the hot seats and how hot all these guys, different players, coaches, seats are in NFL. Um, I think Fig Fangio is gone, regardless of how this season goes. Um, unless it's the playoffs, but I don't think that's happening at this point, especially when they trade away arguably their franchise player. Uh, they have a new GM, George Patton from the Vikings, um, and he didn't hire Fangio, so it makes all the sense in the world. And I think Vic Fangio is a, a really, really bright guy. At, at least in the modern era of football, he might be one of the sharpest defensive minds. But when you have Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke as a quarterback, you're not going to make it far. And they were rumored with Deshaun Watson and more specifically with Aaron Rodgers. I remember at one point, their Super Bowl odds like jumped incredibly high. And were, like, at one point, the fourth highest in the offseason because everyone thought they were going to get Aaron Rodgers. It didn't happen. Um, but I think they're playing for next year, and it's unfortunate. And it's because their team, you know, they might not be great, but they're 4-4. Four four. They're not far out of it. They could make a run at this if they actually figure something out. They're not going to end the season probably six wins, maybe seven wins, picking them all the draft again and kind of screw themselves over and kind of hope and pray that Penny Manning 2.0 happens and they luck into a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, you mentioned they're 4-4. Four and four. The wild part is they're still in the hunt for that division. Like, mm-hmm. there is no team that has truly separated. I mean, you could argue the Raiders, but with everything going on there, who knows at this point? They're 5-2. and two. The Chargers are next 4-3 and three with their bye. They're one game behind there, but... Kansas City's four and four, and so are the Broncos. So they still have a shot. I mean, I get the the trade. I get the Von Miller trade from like you look towards the future. This is a young core on this team outside of Von Miller. So you pick up a second and a third, and hopefully that helps you build in the future. But it's it would be hard for me to make that move, like you said, Casey, because I'm looking at this division right now, and I'm like, oh, shit, we, like we haven't played great, and we're like right in the thick of everything. So why would we get rid of our one of our best defenders, one of our best defensive players? I, I don't know. I, I see both sides of that, but I like Denver a lot. Like I, I said this in the beginning, I think their skill position group, it's unfortunate Jerry Judy uh, went down, but the, the skill position group is great. And I think Javante Williams has played really well. Melvin mm-hmm. Gordon is always pretty consistent. But this this team, I think, is better than people think. And Teddy Bridgewater, for all the hate he gets, is an average quarterback, which is not an insult. Like he plays <laughs> That's true. as good as you would need a quarterback to play, and he doesn't make like fatal mistakes. Like he's seventy percent completion on the year. He has thirteen touchdowns and five interceptions. I would take that. That's not terrible. Like if you surround that with talent, you give a good defense, which the Broncos are a pretty good defense, or we'll see how Von Miller leaving affects it, but that's not bad that's a pretty good recipe for success and then you're in a division where the best team who's supposed to be dominant is just not anymore like i don't know man there's a lot of opportunity there and there's they're still right in the thick of things so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out but 
I, I'm higher on the Broncos than most, and I like their potential not only not only right now, but just in the future. They do need a stud at quarterback at some point, but Teddy Bridgewater's not a terrible stopgap. So those are my thoughts. Um, we can move on to my loser for the week. Durgan's favorite team in the <laughs> AFC. I'm going to go with the Colts as a loser, both because I have a vendetta against them and then also because I feel like this loss against the Titans was pivotal um, just going forward and their hopes to make the playoffs and win the division. This was a tough loss. It puts you two games behind the Titans. Um, and on top of that, going forward, this puts the Titans in a great position without Derrick Henry to continue to, to, to lead the division having won this game. So it's it's a shitty situation. And, and I got to say, you know, a lot of it falls on Carson Wentz, in my opinion. And I know, Durgan, you're going to come in and defend the shit out of him and all that. It's fine. I'll let you. I'll give you your time to, to do all that. But he has made some pivotal mistakes in back-to-back games. I don't care how many cool stats the announcers and the color commentators want to drop about he's having the best year he's ever had blah 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 like great but he's also pitching the ball to the defense on the goal line so i'm just saying like there's certain things that that he has always done even when he's played well playing this hero ball this mentality that i got to make a play when the play isn't there to be made that is causing them key plays and in this case potentially this game so um colts to me loser Love that they're losing because we have their pick potentially if Wentz plays most of the stats or uh, snaps, which it looks like he will. But it's an unfortunate situation because they they don't look bad statistically. The team is solid. Jonathan Taylor is a great running back. Michael Pittman is coming into his own. Um, but I gotta say, Wentz for all the praise he's getting, he's made some key mistakes and even mistakes that don't show up on the stat sheet. He's had a, a bunch of passes that definitely should have been intercepted in, in multiple games. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not sold on this team and I don't, I still don't think Wentz is the answer, no matter how many flashy stats people want to throw out about how good he's playing. Well, I'll go first to defend my, <laughs> my team, my boys, go ahead, defend my, your boy, prince. my boys in blue. I look at their schedule now and I'm thinking to myself, if they would have beat the Colts, they would have won the division because they played the Jets the this Titans? week. That's a win. No, the Colts would have won. No doubt about it. Yeah. Because they have four or five easy wins coming up, in my opinion. Jets, Jaguars twice, uh, Texans, that's four. I think they can beat the Patriots. I think they can beat the Raiders. Not saying they will. I think they can. But now they're, like you said, no tiebreakers over the Titans. Three games, two games back? It's tough, my boys. I, I, I hate to see it. Carson Wentz, let me get to him real quick. He is not, I mean, he. Uh, some stupid moments that cost him the game. But you can't say this year is on him. He had no training camp. He's been hurt, but played through it. And he's, I mean, 14 touchdowns and three interceptions. Of course. Two- I'm not saying it's on him. No, I'm saying, I'm saying. Saying. I, s- I gave him credit. <laughs> I said the team is statistically playing well. Yeah. But he's cost them some things. So, th- well, I mean, it anyway, cost him this ahead. week. It cost him this week. But then, the ultimate card sequence moment, he has that stupid interception that they return like 95 yards or 99 yards for a touchdown. And then drives down immediately and scores it, ties the game. And then has an interception on a pass that was like a triple coverage. So they're, they're done for this year, I think. Um, unless the Titans just look terrible without Derrick Henry. I think they'll end up right around 500, maybe a game under 500. Now that plays 17 games, 8 and 9. It's tough, though, because their run defense is good. I mean, before Derrick Henry got hurt, Derrick Henry got hurt they were shutting him down. 
So they're a good team. They have they they have the pieces. There's I feel like they're one player away. And I don't know if it's a pass rusher. I don't know if it's a receiver because Jonathan Taylor is a baller. But this team, I'm not gonna give up on them. They're my guys forever. But I'm going back to the Steelers as my top AFC team. <laughs> they, they won this week. So just I'm back more on, sadness over there. Back on them, black and gold, baby, forever. Uh, Durgan, it's a quarterback. They're a quarterback away. No, no, no. <laughs> North Dakota State quarterbacks. For you. North Dakota State quarterbacks are the best. Just leave it okay. at that. Okay. Okay. Relax. Uh, I don't. I don't really have a whole lot to to add to that. Um, not very high on the Colts. N- nothing about them really excites me outside of Jonathan Taylor, who looks good. But uh, you know, they're not dominating on either side of the line of scrimmage right now, even with DeForest Buckner or Quentin Nelson. Uh, so I need. I think they need some upgrades there, sort of with Ed Rush and and to flesh out their offensive line. But uh, you know, I they're I, they're just like. They're the they're the Teddy Bridgewater of NFL teams. I feel like <laughs> uh, there you go, average. Love it. I see it. Perfect analogy, and I think that is the perfect ending to the episode here. So let's wrap things up on episode one fourteen. Appreciate you guys sticking with us. Uh, appreciate you uh, hanging out, and and we hope you uh, stick with us going forward. But before we head out, want to give my co-hosts a chance to plug some content that you should keep an eye out for. Casey, what do you got coming up? Yeah, taking a look at at Mac Jones and his growth and progress, and and some stuff that he still struggles with as being the the best rookie quarterback that that we got this year. So, taking a dive at the on, in the Patriots. Haven't done a Patriots breakdown before, so mm. uh, nice. There you go. Uh, finally diving in and, and seeing how Mac is doing. Awesome. Looking forward to that. Durgan, what about you, man? I alluded to it earlier. Um, little hot seat rankings. You know, hot. Sam Darnold's seat is Vic Fangio, Joe Judge, all these guys. See how hot their seats are, in my opinion, and when and if they're going to be removed from their position. All right. All right. Sounds like those seats are pretty hot. Looking forward to that spicy as well. Hot. This spicy hot, uh, ghost pepper hot that <laughs> none of us, none of us eaten, did. even though we've all promised we would. <laughs> it'll happen eventually. Uh, it'll happen eventually. We'll do like an ultimate bet one day. We'll know when it feels right, and then it'll actually have to play out. Um, but but let's wrap up there. This has been a weekly spiral production, bringing you fresh football every single week. Thank you again for sticking with us. We greatly appreciate it. We hope wherever else you get up to the rest of the day, night, evening, whenever you're listening to this, it is awesome. And we will catch you next week for episode 115.